You tune to Sirius FM 105.7. Yeah, I tell you the brilliant deed. Let us send the ruz upon our Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. The time of the morning where you join us on the segment uh, Quick Fire Q and A with uh, Mufti Ibrahim Smith. Mufti Sahab, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And who handed the key for knocking to Mufti? Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi taala wa barakatuh. Shafat in all our listeners. Uh, you know, uh, giving salams from uh, Johannesburg. I'm currently in Johannesburg on uh, my lecture tour, inshallah. So requesting to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, make it easy so that all programs uh, becomes beneficial for the people. G. Well, you left your posy for Josie. And uh, what's the itinerary <laughs> like? Uh, you know, have you got all the mosque under control there, Mufti? You know, Joburg is a different place, uh, Shafat, uh, you know, uh, not uncharted territory, but they have always, like any other place, people for you, people against you. So many people are very welcoming and receptive here. So uh, Juma today, program tonight also venued, and then uh, tomorrow in uh, Erasmia, and uh, Sunday back home, inshallah. Well, yeah, I'll be back home soon. Uh, all the best to you, Mufti. Questions are flying in. Uh, this one says, Assalamu alaikum. Uh, please comment on the proposed uh, new law to ban hijab for nurses. Yes, sir, Mufti. <laughs> Shafat, you know that uh, all our lives we know that uh, nurses, you know, even during the olden age, that they were covered from head to toe. Uh, that you can see in the history books, you know, they were covered actually like nuns. And uh, that is how people identified nurses. So uh, I don't know what is the story here with the government now, but it's definitely an attack on Islam. It starts off by uh, banning hijab for nurses. And before that, uh, there was that incident with the South African National Defense Force, that one lady, they took them on also. And from there, it's going to filter down. And soon it will become like France, uh, where uh, the cop will be banned also. So uh, if we don't start pushing back now, then uh, we'll end up in big problems. Uh, you know, and this is what we've been saying in uh, IMASA, the Islamic Medical Association. Uh, but they also making a, a noise and uh, causing an uproar against this. But these are the same people that used to push government narratives uh, during the vaccines, the measles things now recently. So government is going to expect from them to comply. That's the problem. If you didn't study history and, uh, and you follow government, then you obviously don't understand what's happening here. There's a bigger agenda being played, you know. So uh, we need to push back now. Last week it was our marriage bill. This week it is against hijab. What will it be next week? And, and so forth. You know, even our school children will be affected. They will say that uh, we can't allow our children uh, to wear uh, faces in hijab also in school. Uh, they're not attacking other religions and uh, other people. They're only attacking Islam. These are the same people that the people are voting for. So now's the time to push back hard uh, yeah, so that we can, uh, you know, save our iman and uh, protect our sharia also, G. Mufti Sahib, can a non-Mahram be a wakil for a lady in her nikah? In a nikah, uh, the mahram should should be, or the wakil should be a mahram, you know. Uh, that is how it normally works. Uh, if uh, in the unfortunate event that uh, the wakil was not a mahram, then uh, the nikah would still be considered valid. But it is best in Abdul and more virtues that uh, in righteous also that uh, the wakil be an actual mahram mahram meaning related uh, to the female getting married g yeah the mahram is very important yeah yes uh auntie habiba you listen to mufti there he'll tell you about the mahram um uh, you, uh, you can read that uh, message on the screen now uh, mufti it says here that uh, assalamu alaikum up to what age can a girl child sleep 
in the same bed as the father, Jazakallah Khair. So you see, we're living in different times now, the Shafat, that uh, we need to be uh, careful and cautious, you know. The sooner you can separate uh, the child from uh, the bed of the parents, the better it is for you. Uh, but, you know, sometimes we become so attached and uh, this child will invade our privacy also. So uh, but there's no specific age, but uh, children are not children today. Uh, so you need to remove them from uh, the, the marital bed, your personal bed that you sleep in and uh, take take them away. That they sleep in their own quarters and uh, you should not allow that your daughters to sleep next to the fathers, you know, that uh, because uh, uh, having precaution and exercising caution also in this weird times that we are living in, protecting both the father and the daughter as well from the waswasa of shaitan. I would advise that uh, move the child uh, away from the father's bed as soon as possible, G. Uh, Mufti Saab, the government was uh, overcharged in uh, procurement of uh, vaccines. Your comments? Yes, and we saw now that uh, we were charged more than 35%, and, uh, you know, J&J also made a uh, profit on us. So this is what we told the people that time. The people didn't believe uh, South Africa was used. The poorest countries paid the most money. They were uh, held ransom by these uh, bigger pharma companies, and people called us conspiracy theorists. And now all these things are coming to the fore, Shafat. Uh, Another sector that needs to be investigated are those uh, doctors and institutions that conducted the clinical trials during the vaccine period. You know, how much millions and billions they made from all of this. So there should be a group of people taking them on. In fact, the same people who's taking on government should take them on also so that we can see who benefited from from the procurement and uh, these vaccine trials. I'm sure there's a lot of Muslim doctors involved also. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will expose everything as time goes on. Uh, We just need to push forward, you know, and uh, get uh, our hands on this information. And uh, that's why we told the people to be very, very careful with regards to this. It was a whole money-making machine. And uh, at the end of the day, people paid with their lives, Shafaji. Mufti Saab, is it uh, permissible to attend a function in a masjid where the Maulana, as a guest of honor, was draped by Hindus in the shawl? Hey! (laughs) Like a RSS, Mufti. Yes, like a Modi uh, special, you know. So who wants to attend the program? I saw this whole thing on social media also. Uh, I think that uh, Molina arrived before me yesterday, or I just arrived. So I just walked alone, you know, but, and he had the whole entourage waiting for him. So people are making a fuss, uh, and people are importing uh, these ulama to validate uh, their crimes. Ulama importing ulama from other countries to validate their crimes and wrongs, you know, and then I want the public uh, to come and sit in, in, in their lectures, etc. There will be no khair in Barak attending lectures uh, from people like this. Even Alim cannot be upright and uh, straight and uh, but respect our religion, our sharia, and he wants to move at all these interfaith missions, etc., then what benefit in khair can a person derive? There is no ruhani, no spirituality. I will never, never, ever advise people to uh, attend such uh, uh, gatherings, 100-year celebrations and and all this nonsense, you know, it's a complete waste of public funds. Shafat, the Ummah is bleeding. The Ummah is crying. We're just recovering from whatever we're recovering from. The last three years, you know, people hardly have food. And we've got time to throw parties and uh, to celebrate. You know, shame on us and shame on those people who call themselves the leaders of uh, this Ummah. May Allah protect us from their evil and their vice G. I mean, uh, Summa, I mean, is it permissible to sell fake branded names, uh, clothing? Hmm, Mufti? 
<laughs> yes, and you see how, how much uh, they've confiscated, I think, 6.5 million also recently. So it's becoming a common thing, you know. So if it's illegal in your country, uh, then you have to abide by that law because you will be arrested and that will be bring disgrace upon yourself. And it's not permissible for a Muslim to disgrace himself. However, if it's not illegal, you have to tell the people that it is uh, a replica, it is uh, fake, it is not the original item or article or commodity that you are selling, you have to make the people aware. Otherwise, you are, you are deceiving the people as well. They're thinking that they're purchasing a real item, Shvad, a real Louis Vuitton or Burberry or whatever you're selling. And at the end of the day, it is all fake that you're selling. You know, so you're also conning the people. And in that way, uh, if you didn't make it clear and specify that it's a fake or replica, then uh, your money also will not be permissible for you uh, to consume, G. Hey, Louis Baton, uh, Valberry, and Blueberry. Hey, hey. <laughs> Hi, Mufti knows his thing, the Yusuf. He knows his branded stuff. Mufti, is it uh, permissible to name my baby Yusha? Yusha, Yusha bin Noon was actually a prophet. Yusha bin Noon was uh, the youngster that accompanied Nabi Musa, alayhi salatu wasalam, when he went on his journey to meet uh, Khidr, alayhi salatu wasalam. So the fatah that is mentioned in Surah Al-Kaf, that people read on Friday, and we must read Surah Al-Kaf on Friday uh, for protection from Dajjal. You know, if you haven't read it, then please read it. So yes, it is permissible to take that name. It's the name of a Nabi, a Prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No, no, I mean naming a child, Yusha G. Also, Yusha was the, hey, he slapped away and the fish ran into the water and then he's with my fish. Hey. He, he was the one that accompanied the Nabi. Musa alayhi salatu salam, and see the Allah made him a prophet also. Yeah, Mufti, has got no fish by him, sir. He got snook, like a snook there in Cape Town. Mufti, what is the ruling on buying repossessed goods at an auction? Yes, so sometimes people feel that how can they purchase things that was formerly in the possession of other people, and people's nazar will be on there, and people, you know, will be cursing them. Uh, but uh, all of that aside, Shafat, it is permissible because uh, the original owners, they repossessed it, meaning they reclaimed it because uh, the buyer defaulted on a payment or whatever reason or returned on a commodity. And so it belongs to the original owner. So if you buy it on auction, it is permissible for you to buy it because it is no more the possession of the previous owner. It is the possession uh, of the actual owner, the one that made the arrangements to sell it to another person. So don't worry about the Nazar and the Nafs and this and that and say tears upon that. That's got absolutely nothing to do with you. As long as it is permissible, uh, you can purchase it uh, at auction or online as well, G. Mufti, if I have uh, my baby with me whilst I'm making tawaf, should I make a separate tawaf for my baby? No, your tawaf, the seven rounds that you will uh, commence uh, and you will complete, uh, that will suffice for you. You know, you don't have to make a separate tawaf. Otherwise, that will be like making 14 rounds. And uh, that is quite difficult also, you know. And then the sa'i also, uh, if you're doing umrah, uh, that means you will have to make double that. So sa'i is like 3.7 kilometers. So that means you will have to walk almost 8 kilometers. So that is uh, taklif upon yourself. One uh, tawaf, one round of tawaf is sufficient for you and your baby. And similarly, the sa'i also, uh, one uh, round of seven uh, sa'i, that is sufficient for you and for your baby, G. Mufti Sahaba, can a Hanifi follow a Shafi in Salatul Janaza Gaib in absence of Mufti? And so uh, uh, Shafi people permit Salatul Janaza, but they call it Lil Ghaib, you know, 
for the, those people who uh, are absent where the body has not been found or someone who passed away in a different country and they will read it in their own country. So for the Shafis, they permit this type of Salah. Hanafis, uh, they don't permit this type of Salah, so it will not be permissible for a Hanafi to read this particular Salah uh, behind a Shafi. You know, it's best for, for a Hanafi then to abstain from reading Salatul Ghaib. Mufti Saba, why do males inherit double the share of a woman? Very good question, Shafat, and I'm sure that uh, people want to know why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave uh, inheritance uh, males double the share. Uh, so one of the reasons is because of the responsibility of males. There's the responsibility of taking care and looking after their families, their wives, the females generally. So, uh, and they have to spend in, they have to spend in the part of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they have to spend upon themselves also. So their responsibility is far greater than that of females. Females are on the receiving side. They are the people that are being taken care of. Uh, their needs uh, should be taken care of. Uh, you know, their household expenses should be taken care of. Uh, nafaka should be given to them. That's why, and it is one of the wisdoms why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given a male double the share of a female. It is no injustice as some of the modernists and uh, these liberals want, wants to claim uh, today and say the Quran needs to be reinterpreted uh, because uh, females should get equal share of that of a male. Uh, you cannot judge uh, and question the wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala behind this, but it becomes apparent as you go through life and you see the responsibility that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed on males and how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it easy for females to be on the receiving side. G. On the same uh, train of thought, uh, Mufti Saab, uh, you know, you, uh, people may ask you uh, if uh, I divide my uh, property and if I divide my property whilst alive, should males get a double the share, Mufti? So yeah, it's slightly different, Shifat, because you are still alive. Uh, the first masala was when a person uh, passed away, you know, and he, and he leaves behind his estate, and then that is divided post his demise. In this case, the person decides to give his property away in his lifetime, and he might have two daughters and two sons. So in this case, Rasulullah advises in the hadith in Bukhari, says, Fear Allah, ittaqullah, uh, with regards to your children, you know, and treat them equally. So because he is still alive, he needs to give them equal shares of his property or his estate or his money. Uh, he cannot give a male whilst being alive more than what he's giving a female unless it is with the permission uh, or, uh, you know, that the females in that case, uh, they mutually agree that give the sons or their brothers uh, more than what uh, they will be receiving. So if there's mutual agreement between them, then they can do it. Even in that case, we advise people normally that leave your property for distribution after your demise. You know, let it be distributed according to Sharia. But it is still permissible to give it away in your lifetime if you know that you have a family that likes to fight and argue and quarrel uh, and you distribute it in your lifetime, G. Mufti, is it uh, permissible for opposite uh, for the opposite genders uh, to view the face of the deceased? So that is not permissible, Shafat. Uh, you find it it's common, you know, that uh, when the deceased the maid is a male, then uh, the neighbors will come, and this auntie will come, and that upper will come, and they will come and view the face of a male, even if he's deceased. Uh, there should still be uh, no observation of the face, and likewise, vice versa. Uh, the maid might be a female. Uh, that's deceased, and then you'll find strange males going there and uh, uh, lifting up the piece of kafan or cloth that covers the face, and they also want to view the face. So all of these things, it, it's impermissible, but it's becoming a norm and a customary, and that is where the danger is 
when we incorporate these things in tomorrow, people will think that it becomes permissible because we are allowing it. So we need to speak about these things. We need to conscientize uh, the people, you know, and we need to respect the deceased person as well. That person just departed from this world, and now that you come at Sunday right in front of uh, that person, and he doesn't ever say because he passed away. So you as the family member, you should keep the people out there and tell them that the viewing of the face is only for, for mahrams and uh, for family and those that are related to the deceased person, G. Mufti Saab, uh, there are yeses and naysayers. Uh, how do you deal as an alima to your naysayers? Uh, because uh, it is uh, quite common, uh, not only here, but uh, throughout the world, uh, that everyone has their yeses and naysayers. And uh, remember, this causes a doubt on uh, the young Muslim mind. Please, Mufti, comment. No, it's, it's true. Uh, as I said earlier, you know that we have people for you and there are people against you. So if you're a God-fearing person, a God-fearing uh, alim, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and you are righteous, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will create people that will love you, you know, and then there will always be people uh, that uh, are against you also, uh, people that want to tarnish you, that want to target you, people that want to assassinate your character. They cannot refute you academically, uh, so they will speak a lot of nonsense about you. So those people, the best reply for them is uh, silence. You know, as Imam Shafi, rahimahullah ta'ala, uh, said that the best uh, reply to a fool is silence. And also the Quran exhorts us that uh, when ignorant people want to argue with you, ignorant people, meaning people with no academic background in Sharia, they want to argue and dispute with you, then you just say, you know, إِذَا خَاطَبُ مُجَاهِلُونَ قَالُوا سَلَامًا all you have to do, you tell them peace, may their peace be upon you. You greet them and you walk away. But sometimes you need to defend your honor and your dignity, Shafat, and uh, then you need to teach them a lesson uh, and uh, you need to put them uh, in their place also. Otherwise, people will trample all over you and uh, they will discredit you. And this is evident on uh, social media that every day a new story of a new alim uh, appears, you know, and uh, there's no end to all of this. So uh, that's why we have to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always for afiyah and uh, for divine protection. Uh, they spoke about Rasulullah, the, the naysayers, you know, they called him so many bad names. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala giving the antidote saying that, uh, uh, you know, that uh, continue making tasbih of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and continue making sujood, meaning just continue the work. Continue the good work that you are doing. That is enough to silence all your critics, G. Uh, absolutely, uh, Mufti Saba. You know, when I see the naysayers and yaysayers, and we, you know, you've been on many platforms with me, and uh, there were certain individuals that actually came for you. And I brought in the directors, and I said, right, come, you individual, you go there. And mashallah, you know, uh, Allah has been very good to you that your name has been cleared. You remember the stories about the police van, and this happened, mm-hmm. and that happened. But you went yeah. through a lot, uh, Mufti Brian Smith, and, uh, you know, yays are by a dapper mens, and, uh, you know, hak and bathil. Truth shall prevail and falsehood perish, uh, Mufti Saab. And I think, you know, as you said, uh, Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But that was, you know, the, the, the Jahils and the Munafikins and uh, they were going for him. But in the house of Islam, you find that, you know, your so-called your, or your Muslim brother is uh, uh, questioning you. And sometimes, you know, if you went overseas and if you went for a trip and want to know oh, where did you get the money from, like he wants to do a, a lifestyle audit on you, then how do you respond, uh, Mufti? I, you know, Allah, yesterday I spoke about it because I'm in Johannesburg, so I told this group of people uh, that are with me, you know, that I just came from Umrah, and I didn't know we have so many accountants. Everyone became accountants nowadays, 
because uh, they're doing an audit of me that how can I afford to go for Umrah, etc. and all of these things. Uh, I don't do auditing of their lifestyle, so why would they question me, number one? And number two, am I not working? Number three, isn't my risk muqaddar and decreed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Number four, didn't Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala invite me uh, to go there? You know, if we believe that we can't do anything without the help of Allah, then that, it, uh, that is it, you know. Then uh, sometimes these people, Shafat, you know, they're still ongoing. That's why I said in my majlis, I'm stepping back from COVID. I'm stepping away from all those COVID-related issues because for after three and a half years, how much more can a person uh, say? And, uh, you know, uh, the debate that went on social media and then there's uh, one lady also uh, with no Islamic academic background. I call them noisemakers and keyboard warriors, you know. So those were the people that were singing our praises not too long ago and now they're the same people that wants to attack us. Instead of learning Surah Fatiha, in, instead of learning Taharat, uh, instead of improving your knowledge, you know, you want to engage in academic uh, discussions. You want to comment about uh, uh, the discussion that me and you and Dr. Shankara Chetty had. Which, and you have no medical background, no Islamic background. So isn't it that you're supposed to practice silence? So people still continue to abuse me, even here in Johannesburg also. Uh, some masajid, uh, they just decided, okay, we don't host you anymore. Nothing wrong with that. If uh, Allah's protecting me from you, that's how I take it. Uh, but people sh- uh, should be less uh, uh, concerned with my life and your life, Shafat, and they should be more focused with their own lives because just as they're doing accounting about our lives, the angels uh, will record their deeds and Allah will take uh, uh, them into account also. We all will be in the court of Allah and Allah, you know, that uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take account in a reckoning of our lives on the day of Qiyamah. Ji. Well, Allah is the best of judges and uh, Wallahu khayrul razikeen. And I, Allah, I am the best of providers. Mufti Saab, your parting words uh, this morning. It may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy and protect us and protect us from a deviance and misguidance shafat and send uh, the abandoned durood upon uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you know. So uh, that, uh, just to end up with the last question that came in, is, is, if I find money on the floor, what should I do with it? So you keep it until the owner comes and look for it. And if you can't find the owner, then you should give that money away in uh, charity. So give it to people away in charity. Make the intention that, Ya Allah, I'm giving this in charity uh, on behalf of the owner of this money. Jazakumullah khairan. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. And to all of you that sent in uh, questions, a big jazakallah khairan to you, you and you. And uh, Yusuf Asmal, you are brilliant as usual. Uh, keep it locked on to Sirius FM for beautiful programming and lovely nasheed interspersed from the team and I till we meet you again. Uh, we bid you, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.